Oh God, may we hear your voice, a voice that cleanses and calls, and may we respond by saying, Oh God, send me. Amen. This past Wednesday evening, I was sitting out on our back porch. The weather was perfect. I was reading the news on my little computer thing. In one moment, I was celebrating that some people had won. And in the next moment, I was scratching my head at how in the world did that group of people get elected. I had my Braves on the radio. So listen to them. They were losing three to nothing to the Phillies, so I turned it off and went inside. Beth was watching a documentary, I'm sure, on Netflix, and it was about the late Princess Diana. And when I walked in and sat down, she said to me, I remember when she died. There are some events that occur in our lives and that we hold on to them in our memories. I remember riding home in Mrs. Till's red Chevy um, Maverick. We were coming home from vacation Bible school at their church and her um, adopted children went to the car with me. Sabrina was a little girl and, and Durr, we called him Dirty, and Tim, his brother, we called him Tam. So me and Sabrina and Dirty and Tam were in the car and we were riding in the car coming home from VBS and I heard on the radio Elvis had died. I remember that. I remember another time I was sitting in my office uh, in a church I was working in in Cleveland, Tennessee, First Christian Church. I'd called my buddy Robo, Robert Bowen. I called Robo, so of course, to talk about Georgia football. And Robo interrupted me and said, Scott, you need to turn on the TV. A plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. I remember that day. Some events happen and our memories of these events remain with us for decades later. And no matter that event, whether it was good or bad, no matter the occasion, our God is a God who is always present. And our God is a God who is always calling on us, no matter the event. In the Old Testament, in the book of Ruth, that book begins this way. In the days when the judges ruled, and in that book it goes on to tell the story of a lady named Ruth who became the great-grandmother of David, who would become the greatest king of all of Israel. And later on in the Old Testament, there's another book. It's the book of Esther, and it begins this way. This happened in the days of Ahasuerus, something like that. He was the king of Persia. And from that story we get the great Jewish celebration that is still celebrated every year, the Feast of Purim. And it's a feast where the people celebrate that Esther saved her people, the Jews, from persecution. Then if we flip on up through the Bible, this time in the New Testament, we read a story that begins... In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And at the same time, there was a baby being born in a barn of all places. The baby's name was Jesus. In all the times of life, 
in all the events, in all the places of life, God is there. This morning our story begins in the year that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah had ruled the southern kingdom of Judah for 52 years. And during most of that time, his rule had been great. Uzziah had ruled over the defeat of other nations. The the nation of, of Judah, the southern kingdom of Judah, had grown. The walls of Jerusalem had been repaired and fixed. Towers had been added around the city. But then after a time, pride got in the way of Uzziah. And soon he'd see his power diminish. And at the same time, there was a power growing from the north. It was the kingdom of Assyria. And 20 years after the death of Uzziah, Assyria would conquer the northern kingdom of Israel. That was life in the year that King Uzziah died. This morning our text begins in Isaiah 6, but if we would read before that, we would also get a a sense of what life was like in the year that King Uzziah died. There's people, there's a people who have turned away from the Lord, and yet the Lord continues to call them. Here's one piece from Isaiah 1. Cease to do evil and learn to do good. Seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Later on, the Lord speaks of a day that will come. It's a day of peace, a day when the people shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But no matter how much the Lord keeps calling the people to change, They're not changing their ways. They're not going to listen. So the Lord stands as judge over them. The Lord rises to argue his case, the text says. He stands to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment with the elders and the princes of the people. It's you who have devoured the the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people? By grinding the face of the poor, says the Lord God. The Lord warns then of what's to come. In that day, the Lord will take away the finery of the anklets and the headbands and the crescents, the the pendants, the bracelets, the scarves, the headdresses, the armlets, the sashes, the perfume boxes, the amulets, the signet rings, the nose rings, the festal robes, the mantles, the cloaks, the handbags, the garments of gauze, the linen garments, the turbans and all the veils, all their stuff is going to be gone. Yeah. Instead of perfume, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. And instead of well-set hair, there will be baldness. And instead of a rich robe, there will be a binding of sackcloth. Instead of beauty, there will be shame. All that stuff that's so important. So important that you just have to keep a hold of them, even to the detriment of the poor, because you don't care. All that stuff is going to be gone very soon, the Lord says. This is the year that King Uzziah died. That's what's going on in the land. And Isaiah goes into the temple. Perhaps he goes into the temple to worship God. Maybe he goes into the temple just to chill out a while. 
All we know for sure is that when he goes into the temple, he is overwhelmed by the surprising presence of God. He is God-smacked. He sees the Lord on the throne. The angels are attending to him and singing, Holy, holy, holy. Smoke fills the room. Obviously, this isn't what he expected. Who would have expected such a thing? But when he does recognize that he's in the presence of the Lord, he recognizes right away that he shouldn't be there. He's not worthy to be there. All that holiness, the power, the mystery that is God, all of it overwhelms him. Because he knows that he is a created being standing in front of the Creator. He confesses that unworthiness. Woe is me, I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And even as Isaiah recognizes this unworthiness and the holiness before him, he'll soon see that the holiness does not intend to destroy him, but to cleanse him. We read that the angel takes a hot coal and touches his lips. Ouch. Lips that had been unclean, but now are made clean. Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, your sin is blotted out. He's been cleansed, but God isn't done. Because this Isaiah who has been cleansed by God is now called by God. Isaiah is God smacked and then he's God called. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, Here I am, send me. Why does God call Isaiah? God calls Isaiah for the same reason that he calls all of us. God calls because, and this is a quote I read this week, because God is a missionary God. Our God's a God who loves. And when we recognize the depth of that love, it's a love that embraces and also cleanses. When we are God-smacked, then we hear God's call to share that love with other people. God-smacked, God called. Now the story ends with Isaiah eagerly, seemingly popping his hand up. Hear me, send me, send me, I'll go. It's happy. But if we were to read on, we'd see that things aren't so easy. The task that God has for Isaiah is near impossible. Here's what we read right after how our text finished. God said to Isaiah, go and say to this people, keep listening but don't understand. Or keep, do not un- keep listening but do not comprehend. Keep looking but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull. Stop their ears. Shut their eyes. So they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. And then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant, houses without people, the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Did you hear that? God calls Isaiah to proclaim a word that the people will not listen to. And the people aren't going to listen because they haven't already been listening. 
This is a story of people who are rich and determined to keep their riches even at the expense of the poor and the widowed and the orphaned. It's a word to the rulers who are determined to keep their power even if it means grinding the faces of the poor. Oh, these were very religious people. We could read about how they kept coming to the temple with their wonderful offerings. They were burning incense. They were celebrating the Sabbath and all the religious festivals. Oh, they were very religious people. They just didn't listen to God. And now Isaiah is being called to go and proclaim those same words, knowing full well the people wouldn't listen because they weren't going to give up their selfish and self-serving ways. But God sends them out anyway because God is a missionary God because when your God smacked, your God called. You see, Isaiah was called to be faithful even if he wouldn't be successful. In the year that King Uzziah died, God calls Isaiah. And in this year, the God who has God smacked us, I mean, we've all been God smacked, right? I mean, that's why we come to church, right? I mean, a little bit ago, we read this together. Did we gather in the name of the living Christ to worship God? God is in this place, we said. And God calls us to worship. And then God's love is for us and for all people everywhere. And then we said together, the living Christ is with us. Let us worship Christ today. So we have a recognition that Christ is with us, right? We have been God smacked, right? And soon after that, we sang a song and we said... Lead us from night to never-ending day. Fill our lives with love and grace divine and glory and laud and praise be ever thine. And then we sang again about taking time to be holy, about abiding in God and feeding on God's Word, about making friends with God's children and helping those who are weak and never forgetting God's blessing to seek. I mean, we did sing that stuff. We've been God-smacked, right? Soon we're going to come to the most important moment of our time together when we gather around this table. And when we gather around this table, we are reminded that we're around this table because we have been God-smacked. We have been smacked by a God who loves us and who showed that love in the person of His Son who lived a life filled with love and because of the way He loved, He was killed. But then He rose from the dead. So we come to this table. We come because we have been God-smacked. And then we leave because we have been God-called. And in this year, God calls us. In this year when the rich are still stepping on the poor. When those who are vulnerable still have no one to stand with them, God calls us. In this year, when there is violence in our schools, when political polarization is rampant, God calls us. In this year, when there's general incivility all around us, when fear of the other keeps pushing us closer and closer to the ruin of us all, as a nation, as a world, God calls us. 
In this year, in this day, right now, God calls each of us, just like he called Isaiah. Are we ready to say, send me? If you're not ready, then don't sing the song we're fixing to sing. We're going to sing it now, and I like it so much, we're going to sing it part of the benediction too. That's what you get when you get to pick the songs out. But if you're ready to say, send me, then sing. Now let us stand and sing, Here I am, Lord.